fade in. You're listening to Let's Bogart. Please welcome your host, Daniel Williston. It's me, it's just me. Welcome, buds. You're listening to Let's Bogart, the recreational review podcast where we rate hits by fading out before we fade in. So whether you're here for the plot or the pot, we'll roll camera and roll joints and curate a pairing experience both celluloid and cannabinoid in nature. Hey, buds! It's another Thursday, and that means it's time for another episode of this show. Thank you for tuning into this one. I hope you've listened to the other ones. If this is your first time, welcome! If this is your... Uh, number of episode is this i don't know because i am not keeping track enough <laughs> but i'm sure it's uh, uh under 10 and over five so uh, if you've listened to all of them thank you and if you're here for the first time i hope you check out the other ones because they're awesome as well uh i have a great episode for you today i'm so excited about it uh uh we we watched a movie that is uh so close to my heart uh really was formative in my uh uh, teenage years uh we watched eternal sunshine of the spotless mind which is a drama romance sci-fi from 2006 it's an hour and 48 minutes long it's rated r in the usa and canada it's 14a it's written by charlie kaufman directed by michelle gondry oh i'm so sorry michelle gondry which one is which one is worse to listen to me try to put on a french accent and do it or just listen to me anglicize it i i guess it's bastardizing both ways i'm gonna learn michelle michelle gondry no, it's not very good. I should have learned French when I was taught it in school. It's starring Kate Winslet, Jim Carrey, Elijah Wood, Kirsten Dunst, uh, Mark Ruffalo, and Tom Wilkinson. It's great performances from everybody. Uh, I'm excited to get into it with my guest. And to get into it, we smoked Station Houses Amnesia Haze pre-rolls. Uh, it's a sativa. It's South Asian and Jamaican land race strains. Uh, that's its descendants. Um, it won the Cannabis Cup first place in 2004. First place Sativa Cup 2012. It's usually between 15 to 20 percent THC and 1 percent CBG. CBG. So that's interesting. It's also the the pre rolls. They come in a huge pack. They're 12 pre rolls. 0.5 grams. Real good. So we each got to smoke one of those. We got to talk about eternal sunshine of the spotless mind i had a blast i think you're gonna enjoy it so without further ado let's get to it daniel tell us a little bit about the guest we have on the episode today all right my guest today is a stand-up comic an actor musician writer and podcaster hailing from belleville ontario he is a regular in the absolute comedy circuit is a published writer on cbc comedy and is a mainstay of the sterling festival theater's pantomime he is a graduate of the st lawrence college music theater program and puts these skills to use in his musical comedy duo with james island angst for the memories he is a chaotic neutral striving so hard to be a chaotic good and finding hilarity along the way and i am so excited to have him on the show today please welcome my guest today 
Dan Curtis Thompson. Dan, how are you? Hello. Uh, I'm good. I love that my bio there includes everything that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a thing having artists on here and being like, so like, what, what have you got coming up next? Uh, a, a lot of them have been like, oh. Like hoping uh, to survive, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. That's why I'm doing this podcast. I, I assume that's why you're doing your podcasts. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you got to do what you got to do. You got to you got to get high and watch movies. Fuck yeah. When the world's ending, you know? That's right. And the the worst thing is just sitting around and doing it all by yourself. So that's why this podcast is around. So you can feel like you're watching something with some buds and having a, a conversation about it. Hell yeah, man. Uh, and oh, I got I got a lot to say on this podcast. Oh. Let me tell you. But uh, we'll, we'll get into it. But oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can't wait. All right. Well, Dan, we, we're bringing people on here uh, uh, who uh, consume cannabis in one way or another. So I, right. I, should I smoke weed for this? Should I like light a joint and smoke while we're doing this? Would that be fun? Hey, hey sure. Whatever you got, man. I've got a little uh, vaporizer here. I'm smoking, got a little joint here. I'm smoking uh, a Verse Originals one gram 510 vape cartridge, which is uh, Tropic Lemon. Wow, I'm uh, I'm smoking. Uh, th- this is uh, some premium shit. It is uh, some stuff in a Ziploc bag from my <laughs> landlord. <laughs> That's when you know you're getting the good stuff. Is when the landlord just hands you a plastic bag and is like, "Here." Yeah, I uh, I weeded the the around the house in the summer. He's like, "All right, well, here's some weed." I'm like, "All right." Some weed for some weeds, baby. Weed for some weeds. That's a that's a pretty good uh, system. I would rather that than capitalism. Let's I just... uh, honestly, it's a new business proposition of mine. It's uh, Dan Curtis Thompson's Weed for Weeds. <laughs> so, Dan, uh, tell us, uh, what is your favorite weed experience that you've had over the course of your life? Ooh, you know, okay, this is uh, it's interesting. I have an interesting experience with weed, and I think you probably know this a little bit because I've known you since, uh, how long has it been? Like 12 years now? Too many years. Um, I'm trying to cut it off, but it's it's hard now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so uh, back when we met, I didn't really smoke weed. This is in college. Uh, I would get drunk a lot, but I didn't smoke weed. And then, like, at the very end of college... uh, I started like smoking weed a little bit here and I would just like freak the fuck out. Like, I don't know if you remember this or not, but, uh, one night it was after we had graduated, uh-huh. uh, we were in our tiny town of Brockville where we went to school and, uh, it was Canada day Sure. and everyone was uh, smoking weed and they're going to go down to watch the fireworks at the waterfront. Oh, and, yeah. uh, I don't know if, were you there for this? I was, I, I was at the party. I did not go to the fireworks. Okay, neither did I, but probably for a different reason. Why did you not go? Uh, I, I didn't want to. I wanted to go home and watch a movie or something. Okay, that's fair. I didn't go because my brain wouldn't allow me. Uh, I Because they're passing around uh, some weed, and I was new to it, and I was like, yeah, I could smoke like this whole joint. Everyone else is smoking a whole joint. And uh, I didn't know my limits at that point, so I just smoked so much, got so unbelievably high that i started hearing the fireworks and was convinced myself that i was in world war one it was a bad it was a bad experience so i went home and then that was also my first experience uh getting the munchies and realizing how good mcdonald's fries were when you're high so like 
it was a yin yang night like some good some bad <laughs> but uh uh my most i don't know what my most memorable experience would be because ever since then like i was i was always like oh yeah i'll smoke weed a little bit but like it only makes me anxious so yeah it was very few and far between then the pandemic happened and now i fucking smoke inside <laughs> 18 times a day <laughs> and uh my life is going nowhere so. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to know like because the the change of the pandemic has changed our lifestyles so much i, mm-hmm. I know that this is probably a, a hard question to ask but do you find a difference in the way that you interact with the world now being a regular pot smoker versus back when you would only try it at parties and stuff oh that's an interesting question um I don't know if about the way I interact with the world necessarily because oft I mean it's in the pandemic I'm often just by myself in my house. Sure. Uh so it's not really interacting with the world per, per se but at the same time uh it sure makes texting more fun. <laughs> Probably for the person on the other end as well. Try to Oh yeah, the there the, the amount of times I've been texting someone lately after I'm so blitzed out from smoking <laughs> uh I and I will like start a sentence that like is sort of making sense with the conversation, but this that whole sentence will end with this sentence feels like a lifetime. <laughs> I will I st- I will like start literally explaining my thought process as I'm doing the sentence. It'll be like uh like yeah no that's a really good point. I think that uh, uh it was a good movie. It did have themes of this, and you know what? I'm starting to forget why I started this sentence, and I don't know how to go back. So I'm going to continue, and this feels like a nightmare. I'm so sorry. I'm hitting send now, and that's what I'll send people. I love that. That's that's what happens to me too i start making like clauses and stuff within the sentence like bra- brackets and then different brackets for the brackets within the brackets and trying to oh make god a between <laughs> titles and quotes it's it's got to be just like hieroglyphics by the time i send it to somebody sure sure yeah and that's the thing like sometimes i look back at those texts like the next day or like when i like sober up i'm like you didn't need to do that the best <laughs> i guess ones- it was i guess it was funny for you i hope it was funny for them <laughs> The best ones I find are the ones that I I write out a huge long message with all the hieroglyphics and then I don't hit send. So the next day I wake up and I'm looking through my phone and I'm like, oh, 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 I went to Egypt last night. (laughs) Uh, So uh, speaking of going on a trip, we uh, we got to uh, smoke Station House Amnesia Haze. Yeah. How did you how did you enjoy it, Dan? Oh, Daniel. Okay. So here's the story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh so that that bag of weed that I was talking about with my uh that I got from my landlord, that's just shake. Okay. So it's just, you know, you've smoked it. It's it's fine. It'll do the job, but it's not like great weed, right? No. Um to be fair, we so, smoked it out of a uh, a Coke can, a pop can. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it, you could have so that. I mean, on the market hot, top shelf. <laughs> it's probably not going to taste that great. Yeah, that's so funny. That's so funny that we did that. That's such a sixteen-year-old thing to do in your parents' backyard. Yeah, I felt very connected to my roots coming from Saskatchewan when I was smoking. Yeah, that. me too. From Belleville, that's what everyone did. Uh, no, so uh, I'm used to uh, the shake, right? And so this is the f- you gave me like really good weed, Daniel. And okay, first of the t- first of all, it's the first time I've ever smoked weed where I was like 
really trying to like find the tannins you know so i was like <laughs> i was like mm, okay let's notes of of strawberry like i didn't i was like really trying to be like a like a, like a starbucks barista about this yeah and uh uh it was really tasty it was right i never because I, I guess i i've always i always think about weed it's just like oh it just it tastes like weed it right. smoke uh, you know but this was actually really tasty it had like a sweetness to it near the end i was yeah I was kind of digging that. Yeah, there's a citrus uh, uh, taste that's uh, that that comes out of it, which which I yeah. Really I, was like. Like, I was like, did they put lemongrass in this? It's amazing. <laughs> no, it's the the, it was, the terpene. It's uh, um, uh, a terp- what's terpene? Uh, terpene is the um, the the thing that is found in plants that gives the plant its uh, uh, genetic makeup. So, oh. uh, like uh, you were talking about tannins in wine. I don't know mm-hmm. anything about wine, so I don't know right. if it's a one to one. But when people are talking about like where the grape comes from, or like the way it's grown, or what the genetic makeup of it is, they'll talk about the the terpene of the plant. Oh, um, so the that's interesting. Different terpenes have different are are found in different things. So like the uh, the uh, citrusy um terpene that you're getting from it is probably from the uh uh mercine in it or the bisalbol oh my god bisalbolol uh which is also in chamomile wait say that word again bis uh bisalbolol it's b i s a l b a who the fuck is are these scientists who's like here's a word for you well they they're spending all their time studying it so they're they're I know like, but why did they choose that word they're like why okay uh figured out a new thing about this plant let's make it so no one can say it <laughs> it's what uh, the ex- fuck did you say bisalbable bisalbolol 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 yeah. bisalbolol it's also in I don't know man it like, sounds like a Dr. Seuss character <laughs> It does sort of all of these do beta caryophylline. That sounds beta caryophylline. Yep, mercy. Yeah, it sounds. I wonder who the alpha is. <laughs> so yeah, it's it, the the beta caryophylline has like a woody like it's found in black pepper and basil, cinnamon, oregano. There's like a sharpness to it as well. Okay, uh, that's sort of that, and and the pinene in it is sort of like it like it sounds like a a pine tree like that kind of right uh, th- uh thick and um christmasy fresh uh, uh smell and taste cool man yeah man i'm learning so much about plants i wasn't expecting that <laughs> it's a cool plant it's worth learning learn that's about. awesome man that's awesome yeah uh so I, I did notice that uh, the all the blabambums and all that shit you're talking about. I really retained what you said, Daniel. Um, <laughs> and uh, I I did notice like the sweetness of that. But here's okay. So here's how the night went for okay. me, Daniel. Tell me. Uh, I love cooking. You know that. I do. Uh, you're and I uh, I am a very good cook. And uh, so I decided I was going to uh, make up myself a shrimp dinner f- uh, for this movie. And then I was going to smoke, get the munchies, and then really get into the dinner. Right. Sure. Uh, and I just like improvised in the kitchen, which I don't really do a lot, but I was, and I made this like sauce with white wine and red chili flakes and st- uh, it was incredible. Sounds right. Amazing, so yeah. I'm, uh, it's like garlicky. It's, it has like that white wine. It's ma- amazing. So I, uh, it's sitting there waiting for me. I smoke this joint and I'm like, I'm going to smoke this whole joint right now immediately. Oh, good for you. 
And so I did. Uh, and I smoked that joint after I, like, you know, was present with it to figure out the flavors and stuff. After I was done that, I smoked it all in, like, I don't know, a minute maybe. It, I, I powered through that thing, Daniel. So you smoked this this joint all the way to the hilt you got all the way to the hilt in like a minute a minute that's 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 some like hercules breathing daniel it was a mistake (laughs) because let me tell you the rest of the story i can't wait (laughs) uh (laughs) so yeah i smoke it real fast and then i eat my shrimp and incredible shrimp dinner right and then uh i start the movie and i'm watching for like 10 15 minutes and i just keep on getting higher and i'm like yeah this is great oh wow this stuff's amazing oh i just keep on getting higher huh okay oh even higher than that then oh oh i'm it's not stopping it's not i i get daniel i got the highest i've ever been in my entire life i got so high that i was like i want down like it was insane it was insane and uh after and i like paused the movie because at that moment, I started realizing uh, that I think the shrimp I made wasn't good shrimp. And oh, no, I'm, I know. And my high brain's like, well, I can't deal with that right now. <laughs> That's way too much responsibility. <laughs> and and it's, uh, it's, this is such a high story because you have to have been high to understand what I'm about to say. Uh, my, it, I really felt like my my body and my brain uh separated themselves and like my my high mind was like we gotta lie down i can't deal with this it's too much and then my body was like dan you're poisoned go to the bathroom oh no (laughs) and uh, it was just like this this uh tug of war with my own mind being like no it's fine though we'll be fine and like the survival aspect of me being like no we're going now we need to throw up so i go up into the bathroom and uh and i i start throwing up and uh but and i can't tell if it's because i have food poisoning or if it's because i have gotten so high that i've created the paranoia that i've poisoned myself for no reason because usually when you get food poisoning if like from chicken you're like oh i can't think about chicken for a long time buddy i could go for shrimp right now yeah you don't let's care, go man. let's go get a bucket it doesn't bother me uh and man this is the grossest thing in the world i'm about to tell you but uh i don't know this is such a testament to my cooking because as I was throwing up, I was like, that's a damn good sauce. <laughs> a damn good sauce. You fucking nailed that sauce. You just got like shrimp sauce as yes. the, like the ginger ale thing coming up that you're getting a second yeah. taste of. Oh yeah. Ugh. It was, oh, it was, but it was like, I was like, I love this. This uh, keep it coming. Uh, this is who knew that I was gonna get so high that I'd get myself sick and give myself like seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and, suppose. Okay, you go ahead. Uh, yeah, and so I was uh, when I get high, like really high. Sometimes I like start imagining music in my head. Like, I'll, do you do this? Like, you'll start like kind of like composing songs and you can like hear all the instruments and stuff do you ever do that yeah I, it, it more comes out in me like uh me making up songs that Kristen hates and just oh, like, sure just like she's around just a bugger yeah yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> she doesn't like it very much they're not they're not fun songs they're just like, <laughs> very dumb wait can you give me an example of what woman might be 
Okay, it'll be like, I'm getting a Diet Coke. I don't want to take a toke. That's a lie. I do. And I'm going outside. And I don't care if you ride or died. She'd be like, you don't, it, you don't care if I died? I'm like, no, no, no. That's not what I meant. I'm just, I'm really just, more working for babe, the rhyme. A rhyme's got a rhyme. A rhyme has got a rhyme. Oh, man. That's so, so funny. What do you, you mean they're composing- not? That's not fun? That's really fun. I think it is. She hates it. Ugh. I tell you, she doesn't get it. No, she doesn't um, understand me, man. So you you were composing in your head. You were like making, yeah. Uh, and it was uh, I had this like because I knew that I was going to be throwing up again. It, mm-hmm. You know, like when you know it's going to happen again, but like it's not happening right now. But it's gonna, you know, uh, that feeling was there. And in my head, I just got this song. This was like starting to freak me out. It was like, "There's more coming up. There's more coming up. There's more coming up. There's more coming up. There's more coming up." And it just got faster and faster. I was like, "Well, this is a night that uh, I didn't plan for." <laughs> and so uh, it was. It was such. It was so weird because, like, on one hand, there's like there were so many different parts of me that were that was going on. Uh, at one time there was like the sick part of me that was like oh fuck I gotta get this out of me there's like the survival part of me being like stay by the toilet there's like this tired part of me that's like let's just go to bed and there's the high part of me like I have no idea what's happening and then there's also the comedian part of me being like this is hilarious oh, this is gonna be a great story later <laughs> this yeah. is gonna be a good story one day but uh so Daniel I didn't watch the movie high on that joint I couldn't I couldn't do it it was an impossible thing for me to do that night. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's really Instead, funny because- I, I just went to bed and I watched it the next day. I got high still, but like it wasn't that weed. <laughs> well, that's all right. You, you still got a, a real big story out of, out of it. I'm sure that the people it was at Station an adventure. House are that's so excited thing. to it- hear about your your. <laughs> throwing up your shrimp oh i need i need the world to know it's (laughs) it was it was an adventure it was a real adventure i've been feeling like i needed an adventure and that was one (laughs) so when they they train bud tenders one of the things that they tell us is that uh, uh start low and go slow um, if you're not used to a product, uh, uh, you wanna you wanna take a little bit at a time. So, perhaps if you've never tried Station House Amnesia Haze, don't smoke the whole 0.5 gram joint in, in a minute. <laughs> and I I'm think gonna that's be the lesson to learn. That's the lesson. Yeah, I think I am the proof and evidence. I need to start doing PSAs <laughs> for for people being you like, yeah, it, ha- it happened to them. me. Yeah, so, absolutely. So that everyone else knows this. This yeah, is probably not the way you do it. Well, that's the thing. I just I uh, I'm so used to smoking my fucking shake that, uh, and I'll smoke like a whole joint like that, and I'll have I'll just like have like I'll get really high, but sure. uh, it'll be fine, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'm so used to doing that with like shit weed that like when you gave me like good weed and I did that, I just I for some reason I didn't think like it would. I don't, I don't know. I didn't I didn't imagine that that would happen the same way that like, you know, like drinking uh, shitty wine isn't going to is going to get you just as drunk as drinking a really good bottle That's of true. wine. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, I, I think I thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, no, uh, it's a different thing. I'm I'm a pretty heavy hitter. Like I'm a daily daily smoker, or vapor, or whatever. And uh, this uh, sativas usually like for what I'm doing stuff. I I love them, but if I'm gonna like sit down and watch a movie, sativas not usually my favorite way to go. Right, right. But this one really like cut through and hit me to the quick. I haven't been smoking as much because it's uh, you know it's cold outside. I hate going out. Sure, yeah. But uh, just vaporizing uh, stuff and then getting a joint after a little while was uh, just changing up the method of consumption. Really changed how I reacted to it. It really, uh, yeah, it really hit me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about your experience. I, I went outside. I, I had the movie all queued up. You and I were going to watch it together, uh, mm-hmm. but then it didn't, it didn't happen because it wasn't on Netflix anymore. Um, and so I, I had it all queued up. I went outside. I smoked the joint. I got down to like the, the, uh, there, uh, there was probably another like point two grams left. So I only smoked like half or a little more than half of it. Mm-hmm. And I was great for the entire movie. Like I, my, my, uh, it, it peaked for me, uh, at like 20 minutes later. Um, and yeah, for the whole two hours, I was just wrapped up in, and because That's it's a sativa, great. like an indica, I usually feel like really relaxed. So the movie like sort of washes over me. Like I just get to enjoy it from a, a, a relaxed standpoint, but this right. one really, uh, this sativa really made me like lean in and like put my, like really pay attention to how the story was unfolding and knowing we were going to be talking about it and stuff too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like just watching the performances and watching like, okay, what, how did they decide to do it? I mean, we're going to be talking about the the movie later, but it was, uh, yeah, of course. It, yeah it was a great yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, you had a good it, time, yeah. And yeah. you're right, it does last a long time, because I woke up high the, the next day. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, not high, but, like, I could still feel it. It was there yeah. a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, and the thing that really, I think, sells these ones, uh, uh, Am- Amnesia Hayes uh, from Station House, is that there's 12 ha- uh, half-gram joints in the thing in the case that's great and so that's like six grams six of grams, weed yeah and it's only like it's like maybe 50 bucks or something like it's you're, you're really good getting a decent a really yeah. decent uh, uh value for your buck but it's also a really great strain and really uh really interesting tastes and yeah like i got real. i got the citrusy i got the piney from it too Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine was telling me that uh, uh, if you want to get a real taste for the the strain, if you're smoking a joint, you take uh, a, a puff out of the the joint before lighting it. Mm-hmm. So you're just getting like sort of the the air and the flower coming into your lungs. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a really great way to to take a taste of it. Yeah, oh, that's really I, smart. I had a great time. Yeah, I, I like learning about stuff like this because uh, I used to work at Starbucks and they made you do that with coffee. And at first, sure. it, it, I was like, this is stupid. But then now I'm like, oh, no, it, like I can I actually can like pick out the different notes now. Because like when you first sure. do it the same way with weed, with wine, with anything, the first time you do it, you're like, it tastes like coffee. It tastes like wine. It tastes sure. like weed. Uh, but uh, I think it is really cool that uh, we are able to develop our palates for uh for things like weed which is which obviously because there's so many different uh kinds of plants and strains and uh you know soils are grown in and everything that would probably yeah. affect that 
Absolutely. I don't know if the soil would or not, but uh, it does. Yeah, the place that okay, uh, yeah. everything affects it. Uh, the the, sto- the soil that you're using, the type of water that they're getting, the the temperature of the space. Yeah, like the fact uh, that ev- people figured this out is really cool. Yeah, it is. It's a very cool thing. If you if you go on Instagram and look at any of the LPs that have farms, and they'll show you some of them, like mm-hmm. uh, in pictures and stuff. It's really cool to see like how the industry is growing right now growing both like growing the plant and how it's you know mm-hmm. getting bigger and expanding and and improving as well oh that's so dope i love that so let me tell you you said you enjoy learning let me tell you something about station house station house okay. is named for it's a sensi brands incorporated uh, uh brand uh and it's named for saint thomas the railway capital of canada which is where their grow is located cool yeah i love that so that's pretty cool that's where they're they're growing it and enjoying it that's great man are are they are are they like a sponsor for you no man they should be because that was a good ad oh that yeah. really that really felt like you had like a, a cue card in front of you you're like no oh, I let just, me tell you three things about station house I was like me, that's yeah i i think you've been doing a, a lot of uh, auditions for commercials because like i can hear that baby you're gonna make some money <laughs> hey station house if you're station listening house, you be this guy's it. sponsor <laughs> uh, send him I, send him drugs <laughs> That would be the best kind of sponsorship, probably, is if you can get. Are a you kidding me? You could get people man. to to like give you drugs, and you'll smoke them in your episodes. <laughs> I hope so. You know, I hope I hope, I, I hope that does happen. Because Station House, what, here's an opportunity. You, you you do a podcast and you release it for free, and then you realize the concept that you came up with requires you to buy a different strain for every episode. <laughs> you start to realize, oh yeah, like maybe sponsorship is is definitely a, a path. I yeah, need that's to go a good, down that's in the a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I just uh, I just started a new podcast about buying houses, and I buy a new house every episode. It's a free <laughs> podcast, and honestly. It's been a nightmare so if far. If you could just like and subscribe, that would be great. <laughs> you could like and subscribe. I am $38 million in the hole. <laughs> All right, Dan. Well, we've gotten to the end of our first segment. And All right. I, uh, that means that there's a game. You ready for a game? I love games. This game is called In It to Minute. In It to Minute. In It to Minute. In It to Minute. This is where you, Dan Cruz Thompson, need to, uh, uh, you have 60 seconds to summarize the events of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is the movie that we're doing. Sure, okay. So we're looking for a beginning, a middle, and an end. You understand? Yes. Fantastic. You've got 60 seconds starting now. Okay, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is a movie about uh, learning to... uh, of the consequences of forgetting. So it starts out with uh, Joel and Clementine. They meet each other on a bus. They feel like they know each other and there's some kind of a connection. We can't really tell what it is. And then we go back in the past and we learn that they have actually been in a relationship together, but Clementine took a procedure to help her forget Joel's existence. Uh, Joel is hurt by this, so he does the same procedure, and the uh, movie takes place inside of Joel's mind as he is learning uh, learning that forgetting uh, someone is uh, quite a painful experience. 
And then at the end, they meet each other again. And uh, they start a new relationship based on the knowledge that they have forgotten each other in the past. That's really good. You got five seconds. Anything else? And it's fucking great. <laughs> Time! In it's a minute, Dan, you won! Yeah, what did I win? Uh, nothing. Oh, this just... is why you need a sponsor! <laughs> <laughs> you win the chance to stick around just like the listeners right now because we're going to be back with Dan Curtis Thompson to talk about Eternal Sunshine at the Spotless Mind on Let's Bogart. Don't go anywhere. Hey, buds, we're just interrupting the program for a quick second because I want to tell you a little bit about something, a cause that we here at Let's Bogart think is pretty worthwhile. I'm going to start with a definition of food insecurity, which is a noun, the state of being without reliable access to a sufficient quantity of affordable, nutritious food. I want to tell you some stats. None of it rates of food insecurity. 60% of the territory's children live in food insecure households. 70% of Inuit preschool children live in food insecure homes. And 76% of severely food insecure children regularly skip meals. Now, feedingnoneofit.com, Feeding None of It is an independent, nonpartisan advocacy and educational organization whose purpose it is to improve the well-being of people in the Canadian North, specifically None of It. Their goals are to promote civic improvement by raising awareness about food insecurity and the challenging living conditions in None of It, and to work where, whenever possible with national, regional, and local organizations to support, assess, and evaluate programs addressing issues of hunger, poverty, housing, education, and health, particularly mental health. Feeding None of It is a 100% volunteer-run organization incorporated under the Canada Not-for-Profit Corporations Act. They have on their website a quote from James Baldwin. We are responsible for the world in which we find ourselves, if only because we are only the only sentient force which can change it. Um, it's a really worthwhile cause. They're raising money to be able to feed hungry children, uh, Things uh, up north in, in none of it are really expensive, which is creating a, a uh, difficult time for children to be able to have food on their plates at mealtime. Uh, so uh, if you can, please go to feedingnoneofit.com. Take a look at their website. They have a lot of educational information there that's really shocking to read. Uh, and uh, uh, they are uh, spearheading initiatives to get... Uh, much-needed funds to people who need it in our country. So please visit feedingnoneofit.com, F-E-E-D-I-N-G-N-U-N-A-V-U-T.com. I think you'll be happy you did. You got some money to spare? Think about giving it to some children who could really need it. Thanks so much for listening, and now back to the conversation. All right, we're back with Dan Curtis Thompson. Dan, we watched Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yes. What? What? Uh, did you Did you enjoy that? Okay. Well, no. What was the? How did you first see it? Like, how did you first hear about it and then decide to watch it? Uh, you mean in life? You mean like first time ever? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, okay, dude. Let me just say this movie is such a fucking emo movie. It <laughs> really is. Yeah. Uh, and so th I learned about this back in high school when I was an emo kid, and uh, I I was like friends with these like kind of emo y like more like indie emo kids who like 
uh, new like cool artsy movies and stuff. And they're like, oh, you should watch this. It's what all <laughs> filmmaking should be. And uh, and based on like all college films ever, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> this this is the movie that is responsible for a lot of bad college films, Daniel. Yeah, it is. It really is. I remember watching this for the first time uh, because my my friends gave it to me, and uh, uh, I wanted to make movies like this. Every I I want to be I want to do like little things of me walking around in the snow, being like. Sometimes I just don't feel happy. <laughs> Maybe I should call Margaret. Margaret was nice. Nice is nice. <laughs> I know. With I no did. purpose. And, and, no. and the, this movie is to blame for all of the, the artists who uh, thought they were so deep. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it then and I enjoyed it now. It yeah. is it is really 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 well done. Yeah, it is, hey. It's I mm. I hate the characters. Yeah, well the characters a, suck. Yeah, but that's the thing about Charlie Kaufman. Like all his other movies, Adaptation and Being John Malkovich and Synecdoche New York, like he he is a huge fan of putting unforgivable people up on the screen and saying mm-hmm. no, no no these are our protagonists these are who we're watching these are yeah. who you're supposed to empathize with yeah and yeah it's like man uh, it it's so it was a little frustrating at times actually watching their relationship because mm-hmm. uh I, I would find that like the she would do like she'd like hit him and like do like really like toxic well they they both would but like more she would just like be like toxic and insane with him and it would be like seen as like a cute moment as like a romantic moment yeah and uh there's there's times i was watching that i was like ah that that couldn't have been good for a 16 year old mind to see no no definitely not yeah the, the whole the whole thing because you're you're in the protagonist's mind like you're with joel and Mm -hmm. literally in his mind yeah 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 so you really you can't help but empathize well like i mean jim carrey's performance is amazing and that oh yeah definitely helps but because we're following this story and seeing who he cares about what he cares about what his Mm -hmm. values are you can't help but empathize with that and put yourself in those shoes so when when she does something awful to him or he does something awful to her and demonstrates that um talk the toxic the toxicity of their relationship it feels like it's like not it 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 feels like we're supposed to by the end of it because you're looking at it through rose tinted glasses because you're going Mm -hmm. backwards and you wind up you know the end of the story is sort of the the beginning of their relationship you Mm -hmm. you end up really valuing this relationship that has really toxic elements and yeah when you're 16 years old you're not able to say oh okay like i i understand understand all the the concepts here because yeah i haven't gone through that yet yeah 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 uh it's it's so interesting though because uh i i had pretty much forgotten this movie uh almost entirely before i'd watched this i like i remember the basic storyline but i forgot really about the characters and their relationship and everything like that uh 
so it was almost like watching it new again because uh, yeah. I hadn't seen it since I was in high school. And uh, I, f- I found that watching it was, frus- was like interesting for me because I, at first I was like, why the fuck would these two be together? Like, they're just two people that are so, uh, that shouldn't be together. And it's, uh, and they're like, they're, me- she's mean to him a lot. And he's um, unemotional with her. And, uh, and I was like, why, why are these two together? And then at the very end, when it becomes about, uh, uh, them like learning that they uh, that they once had a relationship and they uh, want to start another relationship again. Yeah. I was like actually f- sort of for that because uh, this movie is sort of brings about this idea that uh, even our toxic relationships, even our bad relationships, uh, they still made you who you are. That's so right. if you forget that, uh, there's good there's going to be good parts in all those bad relationships too that uh, you won't want to forget but uh-huh. if you forget what that relationship was to you or did to you then you won't be who you are now and so i was like kind of for them getting back together because that means they were they're gonna go and do the same relationship again they're gonna be shitty to each other they're gonna hurt each other and then they're gonna break up and uh good because that's kind of what they should that's the yeah. lesson they need to know they can't be the thing that the other person needs, uh, and but they need to know that before they can move on. Mm-hmm. Which is that it's it's such an awesome idea to put like a, a sci-fi, like the MacGuffin of the story being that you can go into a doctor's office and have them erase the memories you have of a person. Yeah, yeah, or a thing. Um, the idea of that is so emotionally resonant. Like, usually in a sci-fi, you would be... And, I mean, the tone of this movie is not sci-fi in any way, other than this one sort of magical... Uh, uh, but they present it like science. Right, exactly, yeah. It's a but doctor's like office, a, which run by, like, the most unprofessional team of doctors. But oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> and Tom Wilkinson comes off... He's so good in this movie, but he comes off as so together. So as you discover mm-hmm. where his... Uh, unprofessionalism comes from mm-hmm. and though we've seen him through mostly Kristen Dunst's eyes mm-hmm. you're at least seeing him for uh, uh, being the, the adult in the group the one person yeah, who exactly. knows what's who, going like, on has his shit together yeah yeah he's a doctor he's got a lab coat he's got mm-hmm. you know initials in front of his name uh, but then yeah seeing how how disgusting he how disgustingly he treated uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst and his wife mm-hmm. and the rest of the team like it's it's really yeah that's like a shocking blow yeah yeah but yeah, that's yeah. also like what what the sometimes the the, the <laughs> you can have uh, a new advancement in in medicine or in uh, uh, you know how humans are going to uh, be in the world but it's not always going to be the most qualified folks who are the ones running those things mm-hmm. and also it's not always going to be uh, a good thing after it's created like uh this 
this concept that you can erase uh, a person or a memory or whatever. Of course, that's emotionally resonant because we all have felt that. We've all, at one point in our lives, uh, even if we're in a moment of being dramatic, have felt like you want to do, like erase someone from your life. Of you course. Know? Uh, everyone can... That's why it's so emotional because we've all wanted to do that. And uh, then it shows at the end with like Kirsten Dunst, like going around, like telling people, oh, you've done this before. Here are the things you've forgotten. It mm -hmm. kind of starts coming out as like, oh, maybe this is technology that we shouldn't have done. It's almost like social media in a sense. Like, uh, sure. uh, did you hear the guy who invented the like button? He did it because he's like, oh, I think it would be a nice thing. He's like, send it to someone. I like your picture. That's yeah. literally all he thought it was going to be but then like it turned into this thing where like now kids will feel shitty if they don't get 30 or yeah, 60 or whatever yeah yeah exactly exactly and yeah. so uh it it feels like it's almost like uh created out of good intention but mm -hmm. uh turns into something that humans couldn't have ever expected or uh ever understood the the consequences of the technology being sure because that's a that's a good point like it uh that the movie makes is that uh all those people when they learned that they did that they would feel probably devastated because it would feel like you've been lied to yeah by yourself by yourself yeah yeah or or like or like joel felt when he he found out that uh that uh, clementine had done it to him like the yeah it's like it, like it ruins lives you know yeah it ruins it ruins their lives yeah like yeah. it's uh i remember even like missing the point of the movie when i first saw it as a kid because yeah. i was like oh man yeah it really would be cool to erase someone you know <laughs> like i completely missed the point of like no maybe this is something we shouldn't do yeah yeah it's kind of a you know though I, even with the bad ones yeah 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 i i do feel like we talked about the the characters being unlikable for the things that they do but mm -hmm. the things that they want are very human in oh, a way yeah, that of course like did you see adaptation or, or being John Malkovich? I've saw I've seen being John Malkovich. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, being John Malkovich, we're following those three characters, and like John Cusack, his character is the person who we're most like is the protagonist, and then mm -hmm. in the third act, he becomes he wants to take over John Malkovich and and become like this villain or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the thing that he wants, we no longer identify with. And so we're not following it in adaptation with Nicolas Cage. It's very much the same thing. He really wants to write this thing, but he's sort of a piece of shit. So we're like, right. eh, maybe you just can't write it. Sorry, bud. Yeah. This is the one where I felt that Charlie Kaufman really like was able to, to reach your heart. And I know it's not just him. It, mm -hmm. The script is makes them very alienating. Like he likes to do with his characters. Of course. But, but they do really grab do you. Yeah, and Clem, like uh, Clementine, really wants somebody who can, you know, keep up with her and stand up to her and mm -hmm. uh, be on the road with her. And you, even though she's going about trying to make Joel that person in a really kind of horrible, toxic mm -hmm. way, mm -hmm. uh, you still understand that need and that want and can oh, yeah, empathize with it. 
Mm-hmm. And the same for Joel when he's being awful back to her because he's getting revenge because she did something or mm-hmm. he's he's uh, uh, calling her names or he's jumping outside of what the like because each one is a memory. He's replaying the memory, but then sometimes he's like cognizant in the in the present mm-hmm. and being able to say what he wish he could have said in that moment. Right. Yeah. And he's being awful. He's saying really awful things to her because he's in a, a man in pain. Mm-hmm. Just watched yeah. him be in pain for a while. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like it is this movie is kind of uh, good at showing that like hurt people hurt people. <laughs> hurt people hurt people. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, it it really is you know like i mean the uh this and i think that it's such a stupid saying but it's it's so true you know yeah. uh the people that are hurting the most are the people that hurt people the most mm-hmm. uh and while that doesn't justify you know hurting someone it at least can make it understandable and empathetic sure i I love Jim Carrey's performance in this movie. Oh, my, me too. My favorite. I love thing Kate Winslet too. Yeah. Oh, she's I, great. She got nominated yeah. for an Academy Award. Yeah, she did. She yeah. should have. She should have won. She was. I forget so who won excellent. that year. Do you remember? No, no idea. Yeah. Okay, but it should have been her. God damn it, it. should have been her. <laughs> I don't care who it was. Um, she said that it's her favorite role she's ever gotten to play, and I get that. It mm-hmm. it looks like a ton of fun. She gets to be. Yeah. The one driving every scene that she's in. How do you feel about people saying that she's a manic pixie dream girl? She she kind of is though, right? The only thing that you get the only she even has like a scene though where that. she she's like I'm not here to fix you. Yeah. Everyone but, thinks that that's what I'm supposed to do. That's not what I'm supposed to do. That's right. So she tells him right off the thing. She has a speech about it, but it is a very manic pixie dream girl thing to make a speech like that. Yeah, that's so true. Even while you're like trying to put push away from that stereotype, you've still got this girl who's like who wants to uh, live in the world and wants mm-hmm. to be spontaneous and wants to, you know, it's the same that, that she goes she wants some of the same tropey things that uh other manic pixie dream girls want. And, right. I, and and so, yeah, I think that the only escape that it has from that uh, is that she for the for most of what we see of her in the movie, she's a memory of Joel's. And if there's anything that we know about memory, it's that it's unreliable. Uh, unreliable. So mm-hmm. he's rewritten all of those memories to play out the way that he remembers it being, which is why right, so he's, we're not even really seeing her. We're seeing the memory of her. Yeah. We're not even seeing really Joel's, uh, uh, uh version. Like we're, we're not seeing Joel for who he is in those mm, memory sequences. True. We're seeing the version that he sees of himself. So all of the, the self-hatred and self-loathing Everything stuff that he has either all elevated is, or yeah, that's, that's right. A, that's a really good point. So you're you're kind of not getting a great sense of who who those people are based on yeah, the memory scenes, at least. That's right. Be, uh, the beginning sequence where they meet for the second time, but we think it's the first it's time. The first, yeah. And that's then them at the end of it, the coda to the movie where they realize what has happened and decide if they're going to continue a relationship or not. Right. Um, so those are really the only things that we can judge who clementine is on wow that's a really good point 
So actually, you know what? It's almost like making her a manic pixie dream girl is like a good choice for this movie. Eh, I wouldn't go that far. I think that it's a clever way of trying to set yourself uh, apart from the pack while also still being able to use the character that you're writing in your script for the same plot uh, uh, needs that a manic pixie dream girl type would do for you. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really. Okay. It's like, um, if you're writing your script and you're like, okay, so I'm going to make a story about a boy and he's going to meet this girl. Who is this girl going to be like? Well, I don't want her to make her a manic pixie dream girl, but actually she's just a memory of him. So let's make her hair orange. Let's make her uh, spontaneous and want to scream at a a railway station or something, you know, like you're still Mm -hmm. being able to have your manic pixie dream girl while also trying to say, ah, but we're setting ourselves apart from the manic pixie dream girls of the past. Right. So it, you don't think it could have been uh, an examination of a Manic Pixie Dream Girl because she's really only a Manic Pixie Dream Girl in the memories? Well, I think the problem with the Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing is that it's not a person anymore. Like, it's it's almost like you've created a cookie cutter that you feel is like anti-establishment and like against the grain and not like these other girls you've seen. But it's mostly like men writing them. So they end up being less of a person and more of no, a... No, no, yeah, I totally agree with that. But, like, uh, that not that the whole point of, of the memories? That it's not really her. It's not really a person. It's a memory. It's a man's memory. Of- yeah, yeah, of course. But I don't think that that is something that they're interested in exploring in the piece. I think it's Hmm. a byproduct of the piece being the way it is. I don't get the sense that the storytellers are ever going, ah, see, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't, I don't see it as them like really taking a a good hard look and examining the, the the type of person that this is. I think at the end of the day is a manic pixie dream girl, except she's a dream if you want to make that argument. But I, I wouldn't let the filmmakers off the hook uh, so easily Mm. uh, as to say that, Oh, that was their intention all along. That was what they were exploring. They're more interested Mm. in in exploring relationships, which is exactly right. But If you're going to have a manic pixie dream girl and not explore it, then you get some of the the downcast of of other manic pixie dream girls. Yeah, the no, way that's that fair. The audience takes in that. Yeah, that, no, that's a fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's manic pixie dream girl. Yeah, she kind of is, but she's yeah. also so good. Like Kate Winslet is so amazing that you, it's it's hard not to enjoy. She is obviously mm-hmm. enjoying herself so much. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and I mean it's Kate Winslet, man. She puts her heart into things, you know. She's good. Yeah. Uh so she's very if, good. E- even if even if it was a poorly written character, which I'm I don't think it was in my opinion. Yeah. Uh yeah. it still she still was able to take a poorly written character and turn it into something good. Definitely. Well, and hey, the 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 screenplay won the Academy Award for best original screenplay that year. So As it should have. Yes. It's the the structure is so compelling and so interesting and yeah it really is. It's, uh, uh, just, I, I you know I like that that kind of back and forth storytelling kind of like where they plays with timelines and everything. I sure, like that shit. You got like your 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 uh, out of order like Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. You've got your like mementos where the thing is going in reverse or yeah, rival yeah. or yeah. 
The, yeah, I the, like I like that shit. It it especially when I'm high, I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. It feels like you're you're getting different pieces of the puzzle and Yeah. And it makes it, me it, feel it, smart, honestly, if I get it. <laughs> if I get it, I feel smart. I know that that's not something smart people are supposed to say, but um it's uh it's true. And it's okay to feel that way. Yeah, absolutely. Mark Ruffalo is in this movie smoking weed. Yeah. Which is super fun. Yeah. I mean I like he like even him like he's like he feels like the most sane of all the uh the th- workers uh yeah before we learned that the doctor also is fucked but like uh, and even he's but, inviting his girlfriend to yeah, come and like and let's like, fuck drink his booze and let's yeah. fuck on <laughs> beside him and shit like yeah, it's fucked yeah. it's really fucked up and like uh when uh what's elijah wood's character's name uh um uh, d- whatever uh, uh something baby boy what uh fuck patrick. yeah whatever Patrick, yes. Yeah. Uh, even when Patrick uh, like admits that he stole her underwear, he's like, "What? Nice. What? <laughs> like he's no, no, no. He's he's against it. He is. But then like he like doesn't he like give him like a high five or something? No, 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 no. When Elijah Wood comes and is like, "Yeah, I I, I took some of her panties," he's like, "What? That's fucked up. Like he 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 calls him on it. Yeah, but doesn't he also like laugh at it? Uh, he, he eventually lets it go, I think is what it, the problem is, but. Oh, okay. He, yeah. But that, he that, doesn't, that, like, that, get that's my it, point. Like, yeah. Nice. That, that, yeah. That's, that's my point. Like he get he, maybe he just, he gets over it like too fast. It's like, two oh, I think he just says, I think he just says, don't tell me these things. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, yeah. Not, yeah. It's not a problem if, as long as he doesn't know about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know. I was like, bro, come on, step up. <laughs> yeah, it was real gross. I but, but I get it, see, you know, 2006, whatever. <laughs> well, and to see Elijah Wood play such a creep. I Oh yeah. I totally forgot how awful every second of his character is. Oh yeah, he's and a he's, full-on nightmare. <laughs> he's a monster. He's, yeah. He he like steals this 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 person's underwear. He falls in love with her while like doing a medical procedure to her. Yeah. And then uses the information that he steals from her file to make her fall in love with him. It's gross. It's so oh, gross. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah. We really laughed when uh, I think Mark Ruffalo really played the moment where Patrick is telling him about, oh, yeah, my new girlfriend, my new girlfriend. And he's like, okay, I don't care. And then he goes, Elijah Wood goes, the situation with my girlfriend is actually kind of weird. And Mark Ruffalo laughs while he goes, well, I bet it is. <laughs> it's a very, it's a, that's very subtle, what, but nice. yeah, it's real subtle, but it's knowing what we know about Wood's character and Ruffalo's dismissal of him mm-hmm. as a person. Yeah, yeah. It's that's very, really very good. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo's just incredible. Yeah. I love that guy. I, I, I don't know any. Uh, role I've seen him play that I was disappointed by. No, he's so good. He's just yeah. a real heavy hitter. You bring him in, he's gonna he, like yeah. Kate Winslet. He, he's gonna do his work. Mm-hmm. And there's something about Mark Ruffalo where you just you just love him. You oh know? man, he's so just good. a lovable guy. Yeah, he he could he could like I don't know he could play like someone who kills two billion people in <laughs> his next movie. I'd be like ah that lovable guy. What a scamp. <laughs> what a scamp killing all those people. Yeah, the camera loves him. <laughs> the camera love, you know what, buddy? You keep going. The camera loves you, baby. <laughs> the camera loves you. Another thousand people dead, but you know, <laughs> look but, at you with that. But the smile. camera still, oh, <laughs> smile, pretty Mark. <laughs> 
So, uh, did you see any of the behind the scenes like uh, stuff about uh, the force perspective stuff that Michelle Gondry oh, did no. on this movie? No, it's you mean really like the cool. force perspective, like with the table and stuff? Yeah. So instead of doing that digitally, which even in 2006 would have been what they would have uh, probably tried to do, he did it all like Peter Jackson did and, the, yeah. the Hobbit stuff, where it's forced perspective, where the camera is stationary in one place, mm-hmm. and so it looks like somebody's smaller than they really are but it's just that they're further away so they had to build all these sets that like i noticed that a few times there's a because like i don't think that they were uh back then they were expecting our tvs to be hd one day so (laughs) yeah some of it is a little so some some of you some of you can just kind of notice now i don't think that it takes away from it it's just like Literally, they couldn't have planned for that. They're the same way that, like, uh, I watched a Disney movie recently, and in HD, it's like you can see the artist still sketching. It's weird. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, You can see all the layers and stuff. It's just, like, things back then didn't expect RTVs. No, they um, were building it for the, the, the types of projectors and the types of TVs that we had then, which exactly yeah pick that up. Yeah, and so, like, you can still... Uh, I was, like, able to watch a few times. Where I'm like, oh, I can see, like the edge of that set that becomes the force perspective well there's also like a real gorilla feel to the filmmaking too where oh yeah rather than shining the light and jim carrey's faces are like going through like yeah like blankets that just get like ripped away from the person and suddenly mm -hmm. they're like in a bed like well that's that's, this is what i'm saying this is why all these uh college film started doing that like oh i could do that it looks easy just get some blankets and it's a movie <laughs> but this one i think really makes it really immerses you in the memories that he's that he's going mm-hmm. through to really absolutely feel like you're you're yeah they really really feel like it's uh i don't know like there, there's a a piratey kind of feel to we're just going to go out here on on the ice and and shoot it. You don't you you don't feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of like money in the studio behind going. We're going to yeah. make it all happen in editing, and we're going to make it all happen in yeah. But uh, it, it was a pretty big CG. budget, wasn't it? It it was a decent sized budget for that kind. That kind of movie doesn't get made anymore. That like no of uh, uh, studio film that is uh, uh, still an independent that's going to play at like Cannes and stuff. Right now it's yeah. only like little indie films and tent poles. Right. Yeah. Their budget was $20 million. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's pretty incredible. A, yeah. That they they were able to do all of that. Cause a mm-hmm. lot of that shows up on screen. It's, yeah. For it's real. Really. And it's not the same kinds of things that p- filmmakers would normally be spending the money on, but I think it, it really works. Mm-hmm. That's cool. All right, Dan. Well, that's the end of our second segment. So guess Sick. what? It's time for another game. I love games. All right. This is a rapid fire round and it's called Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. Love that. So wait, sorry. Uh, I missed it. What was it? It's a rapid fire. It's Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. Sorry, man, you cut out. Could you just could you do that one more time? So Kristen and I have been joking about this one thing that we heard somebody do. Where, uh, I think it was on Frasier or something where they like yelled, but then turned the yell into vibrato and singing. So yeah. it's just like, Madness! <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> it's very dumb. It's I dumb like bit. that a lot. All right. So Reefer Madness. I like you're dumb. Gonna- 
<laughs> we love dumb here at Let's Bogart, let me tell you. So, yeah, no time limit, but uh, it's rapid fire, so let's get to it. Number one, are you a sativa diva, an Indicana Jones, or a hybrid or dibrid? Oh, I like that. Uh, I am, uh, uh, I'd probably, I'd say uh, sativa diva. Sure. No, 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 sorry. In, in, oh. Isn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sativa's the Indica one that makes you, like, the, it, ready to go, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, Sativa. Sativa Diva. Got it. Uh, favorite movie featuring cannabis? The, uh, honestly, maybe Reefer Madness, the mu- the movie musical. Oh, I know that yeah. that's uh, a kind of a, an old one, but, man, that's a... I, I think it's great. That that I musical in general is very funny, but the the movie does such a great job, and Kristen Bell fucking nails it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now and coming is amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, fictional or real person you'd most want to smoke with? Fictional or real person? I'd mo- uh, fictional would be Gandalf. Because uh, he's got the finest weed in... That's right. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I'd, want, I'd definitely want to smoke some of that shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, also, he's probably got good stories about Balrogs and shit. It'd be fun. Uh, and he can sm- blow smoke rings and shit, like and smoke ships. Get yeah, out of here! Yeah, he can make a whole movie for you just by smoking. It'd be amazing. Oh, that'd be great. Can you imagine getting high and watching a movie made out of smoke? That'd be great. Holy shit, I'd love it. Uh, okay, so that's fictional, real life person I'd want to smoke with. Uh, hmm. You know what? I'm not. You know what? You, buddy. I like smoking weed with you. Oh, that's a real sweet answer. Not interesting to anybody, but it's real sweet. It's interesting to people who listen to this podcast because they know <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> I suppose so. I promise. Just keep sticking around. The, the episodes are going to get better and better. All right. Fictional or real place. <laughs> Thanks for saying you- that on my episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I just want to interrupt this to say thank you so much for appearing on this episode, Dan. Uh, I don't think we're going to use it, but I think it's great that we got to have this time together. <laughs> no, buddy. I'm sorry. I oh, no, 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 no. That's so funny. Fictional or real place you'd most want to smoke? Uh, fictional or real place? Uh, fictional would be uh, oh shit! What's the place called in Avatar? Uh, that place on the floating uh, ma- uh, floating islands place. Uh, Pandora. Pandora. That's yeah. right. I'd like to smoke weed there. That would be real fucking fun. Uh, just I, just so I could get high enough that I could try and jump on one of those birds and attach my hair to it, just to realize <laughs> I'm not one of those things and I fall to my death. <laughs> that's how I want to go. That's that's one way to go. Uh, real real life place uh, would be I don't know, man. I think it would be this is kind of spooky. But one one thing I like to do uh, when I get really high is I like to listen to scary stories on uh, on YouTube sure. and just kind of like scare myself a little bit. Um, so I kind of like getting scared when I'm high. So I think like being in a, a cave, like a real like a real deep cave, like spelunking while high, that'd be Ooh. dangerous, but like fun. <laughs> probably easy to hotbox yeah are you are you kidding me man caves are big <laughs> you gotta find a small one okay if i find a small cave i'll hotbox it excellent movie that would be improved if only the characters were smoking cannabis movies would be improved uh titanic honestly you they would feel way more cool with going down with the boat if they all just I think smoked that- one I literally think that somebody 
had that answer. Oh, really? Okay. Let me give you another one. Question too. (laughs) Let me give you another one. It's a good answer. It is a good one. Um, Of course, the musicians who were playing and just like it was an honor to serve with you, having yeah, that'd be so fun to see them just like baked out of their mind. Their their (laughs) eyes are all bloodshot, playing a string quartet near to God. My my God to thee. That'd be great. <laughs> holding the holding the, the, the joint in the 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 spokes of the, yeah. the violin or the tuning pegs of the violin like Keith Richards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh okay, fine. Let me change my answer to um uh the Phantom of the Opera. That's a good one. I think that that would be I first of all, if the phantom was smoking weed, he'd probably be a lot more chill than he's being. He'd he needs to wait, calm down. Yeah. Okay. If he was just leave if he was just admiring the chandelier yeah. and just going like, "Whoa, man, look at how sparkly it all is." Yeah, if he was just like, "I love Christine, but like she's far." That would be <laughs> That would be a, uh, way better for everyone. She's like the all the way, way up I could there, get her bro. Down here is if I hypnotized her. Oh, that no, oh, I can't hypnotize her now. I'm so I'm high. Way too high. <laughs> oh, damn. All right. Well, I guess I'll just I don't know, eat these Cheetos and go to bed. <laughs> That's better for everyone. I love that. And can you make the sound of your favorite consumption method? Ooh. Uh, specifically with weed? Yes. Okay. What else would it be? Well, I mean, like, I consume lots of things, Daniel. You gotta like, be specific. Uh, uh, consume information from a book? You sure, just, like, yeah. Silently, like, flip the page? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, this is a bit of the sound of me licking my finger. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, favorite consumption method for weed. Okay, uh... Fuck yeah! I do that so every, time. Say, every time. Every you time you take a from a joint? Yeah, of course. No, that's a joint doing it. I, uh, I, only <laughs> smoke, itself. I only smoke joints from Pixar Studios. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so sad that kids animators will never make a good joint. It's so sad. What do you I mean? Want, I, well, because they're not going to put it in their movies, so why would they go through the trouble of animating a, a real good joint to pass around mm, a bunch that's of characters? That's true. That's true. You know what? All right. Give them time. I bet. I bet there'll be a, a movie about some talking joints. That's right. I can't wait for that movie. That's gonna be a good movie. It'll be basically uh, Sausage Party too. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> All right, don't go anywhere. We're gonna be back. We're gonna decide if we're gonna puff or pass on this movie with Dan Curtis Thompson. Stick around. It's Let's Bogart. Now it's time for a little segment called What Does My Mom Think? Where I ask my mom, Joan Williston, what she thinks about all this shit. Hi, Mom. Hi, Daniel. How are you doing today? I'm doing great now that I'm talking to you. Oh, me too. I always enjoy getting to do this with you. (laughs) So I wanted to ask you, Mom, what is... If you if you could narrow down uh, the mo- the kind of movies that you like to watch, what would be the the number one criteria for you? Mm. Hmm. The number one cri- cri- uh, criteria. Yeah, is there um, something that's in common with most of the movies that you tend to watch? Like something that you really like, oh, or like a deal yeah. breaker for you? 
No, I like a variety. Uh, sometimes I feel like comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes uh, reality, uh, historical fiction. Sure. Uh, I like uh, stuff to do with history because it's educational as well as you know yeah. entertaining. If you could think of two movies uh, that you like equally but that are the most different from each other, what would those two movies be? Oh boy, uh, different. Okay, uh, Yentl. Sure, yeah, Barbara Streisand. Mm-hmm. A se- more serious one, but with yeah. uh, you know historical um, reality in it. Definitely. Um, and relationship, and just yeah, challenge, struggle, yeah, uh, history, women's liberation. So that would be one. Yeah. Um, then the other end of the spectrum would be a comedy, maybe. Do you have a favorite uh, comedy? Oh, gosh. I can't remember names of movies. <laughs> if you say the name of it, I'll say, oh, yeah, that one. Oh, sure. Is there one you're thinking of that um, you can't remember the name, but you can tell me what's about? Uh, no, it doesn't come to mind. I'd, I'd have to think about it and say, okay. Uh, with uh, um, the guy who played in um, Mrs. Doubtfire, what's uh, his Robin name? Williams. He's died now. Yeah, yeah right, Robin, Robin Williams. Williams. So something with Robin Williams in is always a good uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Mrs. Doubtfire is a great one. Um, yes. Yeah. What other ones would you have liked by him? Uh, uh, like uh, the one where he's a radio announcer. Oh, Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, v- Vietnam. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. My yeah. favorite uh, uh, of his performances. It's a really weird movie that Danny DeVito directed called Death to Smoochie. Did you ever see that one? Oh no, no, I've never seen that one. No, it it might not be up your alley. It's a, it's quite a dark mm. comedy, but he's oh, very okay. very funny in it. Mm. So the uh, the uh, uh, the movie that we dealt with on the show today was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Have you ever seen that movie? Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. You know, I think I just saw it with Dad recently. Did you really? Uh, yes. Um, and it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, after, after we watched it, we said, um, uh, you can cross that off. Yeah, not, a, not on your favorites. Eh? <laughs> no. <laughs> I love it. I think uh, Jim Carrey and uh, Kate Winslet give uh, uh, the performance of their careers in that one. Jim Carrey is so mm. not funny or charming in that movie. He's so like, no. like doing nothing. I think it's a really mm. big stretch for him as a performer. Mm. And Kate Winslet has said that it's her favorite performance that she ever got to give. Which is pretty fun. Oh. Yeah, she got nominated mm. for an Academy Award for it. Mm. Well, anyway, so uh, uh, you didn't love it that much. Uh, me and my uh, 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 my friend Dan, who did the episode with me, uh, were about to come on after our segment to say whether we uh, puff or pass it. But uh, for now, it's a 2004 movie. And in 2004, another movie came out called Napoleon Dynamite. Did you ever see that movie? No. No, it's really not up your alley, and it's a very different movie from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's quite a silly comedy. Uh, But what uh, we're going to do is we're going to play a little game. You ready for a game? Uh, Sure. This is a game (laughs) called, was this from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind 
or Napoleon Dynamite. It's where I read off uh, uh, things that the parental guide from the MPAA said is inappropriate for children, Um, uh, events that take place in both movies, and you're going to have to decide whether that uh, happening happened in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or Napoleon Dynamite. You got it? Okay. Yep. Excellent. (laughs) Okay, let's get into it. Number one. A naked man hurriedly puts on his underwear. As he bends over to do so, most of his butt is shown to the viewers. Is that Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or Napoleon Dynamite? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I'll take a guess. Napoleon Dynamite. It's not. It's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. (laughs) Okay. Would you say that you are a a fan of butts in movies? Are you a butt lady? (laughs) fan of butts uh no no you don't like it when a butt gets shown is that so i mean i don't mind it but it's it's not i wouldn't say it's my favorite part of the movie (laughs) i'm pretty sure that refers to mark ruffalo in that movie and i being being a, a heterosexual male i don't i don't know whether mark ruffalo has an especially attractive butt but uh, I would say that maybe some women would say that he has a fairly attractive butt. So if you're looking for butts in movies, throw on some internal sunshine of the spotless mind, I guess. <laughs> Ruffalo bears his tuffalo. All right. Uh, number two, Uncle Rico throws a stake at a character and it hits him in the face. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite. That is Napoleon Dynamite. That's right. Oh, okay. Uh, now number three, a girl jumps around on a bed wearing a white muscle shirt. She's braless and in underpants. Because she is braless, one can see the outlines of everything underneath, and her boyfriend joins in wearing only his underwear. Is that Eternal Sunshine or Napoleon Dynamite? Eternal Sunshine? It is Eternal Sunshine, yeah. <laughs> All right, number five, we see a memory flashback of other young kids pressuring Joel to hammer an apparently dead or injured pigeon in the wagon. It's not moving. He hits it several times, and one of the kids then bends his arm backwards. Is that Eternal Sunshine or Napoleon Dynamite? Napoleon Dynamite? It's not. It's Eternal Sunshine. (laughs) You're doing okay there. You're still doing okay. You can win this, Mom. I believe in you. Right. Number. Oh, no. This is number five. Two people smoke a joint on the edge of a bed. Eternal Sunshine or Napoleon Dynamite? Oh, I don't remember. Okay, I'll I'll take a guess. Eternal Sunshine. It is Eternal Sunshine. They smoke a joint in that movie. Yay. We did movies. (laughs) All right. Number. uh, I I don't know what number it is. A cow is shot off screen to be used for steak. Is that Eternal Sunshine or Napoleon Dynamite? Napoleon Dynamite. It is Napoleon Dynamite. And a woman's husband beats up a character off screen, but then it is shown later uh, to have butterfly stitches on his eye and his arm in a sling. Is that Eternal Sunshine or Napoleon Dynamite? Napoleon Dynamite? That's right. Yeah, this is Napoleon Dynamite. That means you win, Mom. <laughs> what did I win? <laughs> you win today a uh, a wheel of brie. Okay. Do you like brie <laughs> cheese? Yes. Okay. Oh, yep. Well, we'll 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 get it sent off to you, and uh, you'll get to enjoy <laughs> a lovely cream brie. <laughs> 
All right, Mom. Well, that, thanks for thanks for playing that game. Um, on this episode is my friend Dan Curtis Thompson. You know Dan. You've you've met him a couple of times. He was in my school and uh, yep. he's a great comedian friend of mine. Anyway, mm-hmm. so uh, if Dan were to uh, come down to uh, Lethbridge, Alberta, to your home with me in tow, and he were to say, oh, it's so great to see you, Joe, and you say, come on in, Dan, and we are all sitting around uh, having a chin wag, but then he says, all right, Joan, I've got some edibles, some brownies here that have a ton of weed in them and if you eat one your head's gonna explode so you want to try one what would you say to dan no thank you you two guys can go off on your own and do your own thing (laughs) what if we if we uh uh, ate the brownies and then stuck around and then said oh joan mom uh are are uh, is everything gonna be okay and you know that we're just high out of our minds but what would you say to comfort us uh, yes, Daniel, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. You're home. <laughs> this is a safe place. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, man. I'm going to call you next time I'm having a freak out. That sounds great. <laughs> All right. Well, and can you uh, uh, thank Dan for being on the show? Oh, thank Dan. Okay. Yeah. Well, Dan, good to see you again. I hope you can join us once again. <laughs> Remember. Keep positive and test negative. Yeah, amazing. And can you thank my uh, uh, my listeners for tuning in? Oh, thanks for tuning in to Daniel's show and join us again next week. Excellent. Thanks for being on the show, Bob. You're welcome. <laughs> You're awesome. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's All right, Dan. Not. Sorry, All right. you can introduce me. I'm, I'm going to introduce you right now. And welcome to the end of the show. Do you want me to not talk then while you introduce me? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Just talk talk on top of it. It'll be fine. Okay, yeah, I thought it would be fine. Okay. Please Whenever welcome. you're ready. Oh, there we go. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, do you puff or pass on Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Puff or pass? Uh, you know what? I puff on it, man. I think that if that means what I think it means, which is uh, puff, a puff is yeah. Let's let's do it. Pass is like and eh, yeah. That's I figure I figured pass was pass. So yeah, mm-hmm. I I, pu- I puff on this baby. I mean, it's a uh, uh, the relationships aren't good. The characters are all horrible people. But as you said, uh, he makes us care about them somehow, and sure. the movie really does take you on a journey and uh, it explores things in a very interesting way visually and uh uh intellectually yeah i i gotta say i i puff for a lot of the same reasons i just think that the the filmmaking is so uh in in uh the ingenuity of it is Mm -hmm. so awesome and i i don't know any other director who would have approached this material in the way that michelle gondry did with this movie i just think it's such a cool like you said it inspired a lot of terrible college films and that's probably true (laughs) but seeing the original seeing like charlie kaufman at the the height of his game uh michelle gondry at the height of his game the two the two leads at the height of theirs i think Mm -hmm. like everything came together to make what could have been another uh uh average uh 
average sci-fi romance movie uh, sure. and makes it something really special and different than any other movie. I agree. This is a good college film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is what the good college film would be. So you puff on it. Is there, so uh, if a person is at home, Dan, the listener mm-hmm. right now is at home, they've smoked station houses, amnesia haze. They've sat down and watched eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, but it's only eight thirty PM mm. and they're still high and they want to keep enjoying stuff. What would be a good double feature pairing with this? Uh, not shrimp. Uh, but if you want to watch another movie, maybe uh, the Science of Sleep. Keep going, keep it going, Michelle Gondry. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love that movie. Yeah, is it yeah. Science of Sleep? Yeah, 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 it's yeah, yeah Science yeah. of Sleep. Yeah, that, that's uh, that one's also very visually uh, uh, stimulating in a very, very similar way. Obviously, because it's still him. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, I'm, I, it's also been a long time since I've seen that, so I can't really say much about the plot. But, uh, but yeah, it, I think that that it would does be a really use the good same style of like like dream storytelling, dream logic, yeah. and dream storytelling mm-hmm. through practical means, like very theatrical. Yeah, uh, like he's inside his own head and he like pulls yeah. up the screens for his eyelids and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's a really great choice. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So if you're out there, smoke some Station House, Amnesia Haze, watch Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, then throw on the Science of Sleep. And stay away from shrimp. Dan Curtis Thompson, stay away from the shrimp. Dan, uh, uh, where can people find you and uh, what do you have coming up? Uh, You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at at DCT Comedy. That's me, Dan Curtis Thompson. And uh, I also have a podcast that I am doing with uh, my best friend and ex-girlfriend and uh, fellow comedian, Courtney Gilmore. Uh, it's called Rated X. You can find that at Rated X Pod, and it's about uh, two ex partners who uh, rate and review popular couples. And it's so funny. I've listened to the episodes, Dan, and it's it's really really funny. So oh, everyone thanks, man. who's listening to this, check it out. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's we actually just just today we released an episode about uh, Harry and Marv from Home Alone. Oh my god, that's so exciting! I just watched both the Home Alone movies. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I'm Best gonna, movies I'm around this time of year. Amazing. All right, buddy. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. You were a great guest. Of course. Thanks for having me, buddy. This is great, and I'm excited to listen to it. Yeah, me too. Well, buds, that's it. That's the show. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you had fun. You can find my guest, uh, Dan Curtis Thompson, and DCT Comedy at DCT Comedy on Instagram. Um, you can follow uh, my mom nowhere because she is not online, but she will uh, second going to follow Dan's Instagram because he's a very funny guy and a very funny comedian, and his content is awesome. Uh, you can follow my buddy JJ Thompson at JJ and his dog on Instagram. He's the lead singer of JJ and the Pillars. He's releasing uh, an a, a electronic album coming up. He's working on uh, at not. Tom Hardy, T-H-O-M Hardy. Uh, uh, he's great, and he does all the music for the show, and the, the show music is great. So I think you should follow him. He's a really interesting guy and a really interesting musician doing some cool things. You can follow the podcast at Let's Bogart on both Twitter and Instagram, or you can go on to my website, www.danielwilliston.com slash let's dash Bogart. 
find places there to communicate with us and uh, let us know uh, what you think. Do you have a game that you'd like to see us play with a guest? Do you have a guest you'd like to see us play with a game? <laughs> do you have a strain you want us to do? Do you have a movie you want us to do? Let us know, and we'll uh, uh, try to uh, take that into consideration. I, I'm glad you guys are enjoying it so far. Glad you buds are enjoying it so far. And uh, I, I'm enjoying doing it for you. So <laughs> thanks for tuning in, and make sure to uh, come back next Thursday because at 4.20 a.m. we will bogart once more. So, like ever so often you can beg, are you tired of wiping your tables? That's Do right. Do you wish they, they would just wipe themselves? Are you it tired is. of back pain? <laughs> Introducing... I am... Weed. <laughs> <laughs> It'll you wipe t- your tables and <laughs> can't fix your, your backs. <laughs> it, well, not with that attitude. Yeah. <laughs>